welcome to uh, Know Your Old, episode three. Right. Thank you for listening, everybody, our, our couple of dozen listeners. Thank you to all, all of you. Hey, man, those are you guys are our day ones, yeah. <laughs> as as they say in, in the parlance of our times. People who are listening now are the folks who bought the record before the band blew up, before they joined a, a major label. So I'm cool with them. Like they're, they're into the, the, the early stuff. I'm into the early stuff, not the late stuff. Yeah, so you guys have our permission. Oh, wow. We're going to be like, nah, I'm there. <laughs> you guys have our permission to lord it over everyone that you know, <laughs> listening to us first. Yeah, oh, all the time. Yeah, that, I mean, being a kid and like. You don't know their episode three for Know Your Roles? You missed everything. You got into it late. <laughs> anyway, uh, we do a thank you. We're going to be talking uh, some fun comparisons to some playoff basketball. One of the uh, exciting things that's kind of going on right now. But first, I'm going to say, uh, George, what's uh, what's in your box? I'm going to keep it short and simple. Short, simple, short, sweet, whatever I'm going to say. Probably short and sweet. I'm going to talk about Leakly.com. <laughs> As hey. a, a, some of the listeners know, some of the listeners don't know, Dave, I guess, kind of knows, and some of my friends know that I, during COVID, I have decided to start smoking pot. Because it's very hard to get drunk by yourself. And uh, probably not a great idea. I drank a bottle of wine like week number three of COVID. It was, you know what? I don't think I like it very much. And then I scaled it down. I was, I'll have a few beers with dinner. And then you, but you're still like drinking by yourself. I don't know if that's an activity that's fun by yourself. I'm with you. I have like a hard day. Hard days of work. I got I to pick myself a drink when I get home. I don't have roommates. I don't have like a wife or like any kids. Nothing about my day is like excruciating. You know, not everyone's wife and kids is excruciating. Yeah, yeah no, I'm just saying. Like, <laughs> I don't need to walk in the door. Like, I need a drink. Yeah, I got you. Or I need to have a conversation about my day. I need a drink. It's not the 50s. I will totally agree with that. Smoking pot alone is always great. <laughs> I know. So I've got like a weed service. Shout out to my weed service. Uh, I don't know if it's legal to say that out loud. Shout out to those guys. They're actually they do a really good job of the uh, of uh, not like I guess like a like usually the back in the day before COVID before times BC they would come to your house they'd do like a sales pitch and like a whole thing yeah they got like a little yeah. case and yeah. they open it up and they they got a whole 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 thing yeah I was like once you get uh, on the, the the service they send you a menu you check the menu you send it back the dispatch will tell you how much it's like you know like hey so and so is going to reach out to you on the signal app. Very, very cool how they do it. So I don't know anything about weed or... So I just buy the stuff that sounds like the coolest names. <laughs> That's not a bad way to do it. I- <laughs> it is and it isn't. Because, like, I'm not a big pot smoker. So so when I when I do smoke, I get, like, ridiculously hot. So <laughs> my fr- a friend of mine, uh, shout out to my buddy Matt, who sent me to leafweed.com, which is a Yelp review. We <laughs> great resource. No, it's it's incredible. But like, I I bought some Gorilla Glue. Oh, I love uh, Gorilla Glue. <laughs> people who like are into it. Like really into it. Full disclosure: there aren't strains that I don't like. Like people, <laughs> pe- 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 people are like, oh, this and that is, like, and I do have preferences for certain. But like, there's good and bad in my in my opinion. And because I I was smoking weed, you know. 10 plus years ago when when a lot of it was bad <laughs> and, yeah, yeah. and and it's just like there's that's like a very uh 
a specific time, at least in my life, of I made it. I don't have to buy bad weed anymore. <laughs> I can afford good weed now. So to me, it's like they all, it's all, it's good. It's all good. Yeah. You know, I mean, so like, shout out to Leafy. So I got to read a little bit about Gorilla Glue because like, I feel like they need to downship just a bit. One of the reviews Gorilla Glue as in glue to your couch, which would, which would have been great had I, uh, like nothing on TV if I would have been fine. <laughs> Trying to enjoy the basketball game, and I can barely get my eyes open. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's a time and place. I, yeah. I would, I would say that, like in, in general, I think it's one of those things. We, it's, it's becoming one of those things, like, uh, like a coffee or, or like anything where, like, a certain specific type of people kind of really get into it and they make it like their thing and, and they nerd out on it and stuff. And that, that's cool. That's all good and cool. And I will nerd out on all sorts of stuff, and, and weed included, but they're only to a point. Because it's like, you know, but I, what I would say is for you, really the only thing that matters is Indica versus Stiva. You know what I mean? Because even though nowadays most stuff is hybrids and, and it doesn't make that big of a difference, but tr- that's the school of thought is that like Indica is going to put you down and Sativa is going to make you more bubbly and lift you up. Yeah, you know, I, I, I need to find like a happy place because yesterday I fell asleep on the couch. It happens all the time. I fell asleep on the couch. With my feet still on the floor. So, my bar talk, shout out to Leaf Leaf. So, I'm reading about some different strains, and like, if that, if I find that strain that I like, the next time I order on my, on my, order from my menu, from my service, and, uh, it's still a work in progress. I'm still you working. keep, I would love to be updated on finding you the perfect strain. Yeah, maybe we'll make you. that, uh, make that into segment, like, George is high. Yeah, like what? Yeah, <laughs> like we'll just keep getting you high with different strains, and like whatever yeah, yeah. you can still do the show and be somewhat coherent yeah, no, while you're on. <laughs> the so I'm sitting in the middle of the couch, feet calmly pressed on the floor, baseball cap on, but just <laughs> yeah, that's uh, yeah. Sounds like we did we did that. I didn't have that much to drink. I had like a beer. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, well, you know, it's just like anything. You build up a tolerance to it. Yeah, yeah. I hate it for folks who can't get as high. Like, like the weed smoker who's been doing it forever. Yeah, that like, I, get really high, basically. Yeah, that. Yeah, it, it's. I'm not gonna sit here and complain about smoking a bunch of weed and not getting high, but I will say that it. Yeah, you, you. Yeah, no, I'm, I, I do wish I had that. Not. Not so heavy tolerance. Oh, yes, yeah, like I'm looking at a television and getting emotional over records. It's fucking crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, a lot, lot of crying associated with yeah, that right now. Jesus, so. being being sensitive and feeling things. Like Bob, man, this guy was. Why had to die so young? He was so. Yeah. Old. <laughs> You're talking about like a fictional character okay, that doesn't like, exist. Are they gonna kill Cordy B. Bass in the fucking pilot? No, that's why it's great. Oh, man. All right. Well, that's a great... I'm going to take that and I'm going to yeah. run with it by, by go, opening up that's in my bar today. what I want to talk about with my bar talk, which is uh, pilots, TV pilots. I say that partly because of, you know, we're just a few days after the premiere of Lovecraft Country. I don't want to talk about it too much. First, I'll say I thought the first episode was thrilling. I, I'm so into it. I I think, yes, I... 
I don't, but like I said, I don't want to talk about too much here because I think I want to let it kind of develop and we'll see where it goes before we really get into it. But I do think it was a really great first episode and I wanted to talk about pilots and what makes a good pilot. Also, while talking about that, maybe some, some of your favorite pilots. I, I've written some down, but what do you like in pilots? Off the top of my head, some of the best ones that I remember, Cheers pilot is fantastic. The Cosby Show pilot, which I actually just talked about with, uh, with our friend Kara the other week. Uh, the Cosby Show pilot is 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 the that's one I probably won't rewatch, but sorry. I'll take your word for it. I don't remember it, but I'll take your word that that it was a well written piece. of That one's good, and then more recent, I think the Game of Thrones pilot's pretty good. The Sopranos pilot might be the best pilot of all time. Those are the ones that just come to my head right now, and then the Americans pilot's pretty tight. I agree. The Americans pilot's very good. I think Sopranos pilot definitely one of the best pilots of all time. It, it sets up everything. What are we looking for in a pilot, right? We're looking for setup, but not too much and too soon. You know, you can't, I don't think you can rip the bandaid off, so to speak. Like you, there has to be something that engages us and want, makes us want to watch the whole season essentially, but also you don't want to jump the shark in the first episode or, you know, go, go too overboard. And I think Sopranos does that totally because you see Tony, like they chase down the the guy in the parking lot who owes them money, right? And uh, Chris, they set up a series so perfectly and the relationship between Tony and Christopher because uh, like Christopher fucks up and he hurts himself. The Sopranos pilot is, he has, he has a panic attack. In person. He sees the ducks. Yeah, he has a cigar and he's like cooking the meat. I mean, it sets you up for things that are going to happen throughout the, the whole series. Yes. Meat. Yeah, that's definitely the signs of a good pilot setting up themes that are in the whole series. Yeah, it's very rare that a pilot is actually one of the best episodes of the series. Agreed. Well, we tend to put too much uh, on them, I think. I mean, the industry puts too much on them. I mean, it's just how it's done. It's like a pilot gets made first. The first episode gets made as proof of the show being entertaining or being something to invest in to, to pay for the rest of the season. And like, that's bullshit because yeah, it's one episode. It's one episode. You do want to set up everything. Case in point, we were talking, when we talked about The Wire a couple episodes back, The Wire's first episode's great and it's not, there isn't hardly any action in it. It's just all set up, but it, it just throws you right into the world. Not boogie. Snot Boogie in the first scene, McNulty, you know, soft, you get introduced to the concept of soft eyes and how they approach things. And then you meet Barksdale in the courtroom and you see like the courtroom set up and they argue about, you know, it's, it's, they, they do a lot in that first episode without giving too much plot. Yeah, no, away. It's not my favorite episode of that season. No, um, mine, mine either. I, I do like the pilot for that. If that wasn't the episode that hooked me in. That's to your point. The pilot isn't necessarily like always the best episode, but but I would say one one of the ones that I love. Well, one of the things I love about pilots is sometimes when they jump in time, either they'll catch up through the rest of the season or whatever. Like two that came to mind right off the bat were Breaking Bad. I think Breaking Bad pilots one of the better pilots ever. That's one of my favorite. It's like really intense and it leaves you kind of, you don't know what, it starts off it, they're in the RV and already you're in it and you have no fucking idea what's happening and then they catch you up and it still like doesn't give away. It's still a slow play throughout that first season of, of the transformation of the characters and stuff. And another one I think is really good is Atlanta. The pilot of Atlanta is really good because it also does that. It like starts off with the end of the episode at the beginning and it's like, whoa, what the fuck? And then you kind of like meet the characters and stuff. Very cool. Well, I was hooked. Is he on the bus and the guy offers him a sandwich? 
Yeah, yes. It's a good, it, yeah, it's a, it's a good pilot. The one last one I wanted to mention, because it's not technically a pilot, but it's the first episode of the second season, and the, it's the TV show Fargo, and basically, essentially, new stories every season. So so it's a whole new cast, and, and they're kind of under one umbrella, but but it's, it's essentially a totally new story. And the first episode of season two is phenomenal. With uh, yeah. one of the Culkins, uh, I forget. Or it's, I think it's Kieran Culkin. He's Jackson, only in like, the one episode. Jackson, he's only in that in one episode. He's incredible. He incredible. he gave the most incredible one. I mean, he gave a one episode performance yeah. that I've remembered five years later. That everything of it. Oh my god! And that that whole season. I mean, Patrick Wilson and yeah. Ted Danson. Uh, everybody. That it's one of my favorite seasons of television ever. I think it's <laughs> phenomenal. <laughs> Hundred percent. Especially like you don't get like that many women in a, on a show that are that's not a female driven show. Too smart in that chick that plays the the cousin Simone are fucking good. They're all good, and uh, Patrick Wilson's wife, who good. is the woman who was on Better Call Saul in the first season, she's she owns the house with the guy who she's the 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 wife of the guy who commits fraud yeah i forget her name i forget her name but she she's really good she's really good that season's jesse Plemons. that they're all the whole cast is giving a fucking masterful performance it's amazing fargo season two yeah pilots that's good for me for bar talk reading a review and i was like oh yeah, I would say uh, smoke a bunch of weed and then watch like every a pilot from like every show. <laughs> watch like just ten pilots. Don't watch the rest of the show. Just watch pilot. All that is to say that Lovecraft Country, it's awesome. Watch the pilot. Let's move on to our main segment. Who is the who of what? We're gonna start some comparisons. So we're gonna talk about playoff basketball, right? What's happening in the world of playoff basketball right now, George? Well, we recorded some Wednesday and we both stayed up fairly late to watch uh, the Lakers. Which one of the things that's, that's, that's interesting is even though it's like an eight seed versus one seed, it's just they're basically just twelve on twelve playing basketball because they're playing they're playing in a bubble as we as we all know, and there so there is no like home court or whatever advantage. It's like it's just they're just going yeah. the balls out. She's she's going to play better. In Portland, the last seven minutes were they were they were awesome. The bubble atmosphere, in some ways, for some guys, it's a confidence booster because they don't have. Like a bunch of fans like screaming at them, and I right. think that they would never admit it. But I think that a lot of guys they just don't perform that well. I mean, it's the reason why why in every sport we see guys kill it in practice. They have the ability, they can do the things, but when the bright lights are on them, when the TV cameras are on, and there's thousands of fans shouting shit at you, like right, some right. guys they can't do it. That's why it's hard. It's, it's definitely like if you're a role player, it's definitely like better for you because like role players historically do not play well. You're looking at like one moment that you're looking at one moment where you get yeah. a chance to make a difference. Let me let me let me back up. Role players don't play well on the road in the past. So Gary Trent had that great three pointer at the end. That's a three pointer that he probably doesn't make in LA. And that guy has never been tested of anything yeah. ever before. Never played in the playoffs before. Really rarely been focused on as a right. defensive sample or even like they're not doing scouting reports on Gary Trent. He's not. He's, no. he's like tenth guy on the list. Um, yeah, no, and then like Carmelo, who's a, who's a role at this point, is a role player. He's like, he's, how many meaningful ball, ball games has he played in his life? Just for one second, can we can we like just give Carmelo? A, I've definitely 
you know, talk shit about him in the past, but it's on the court stuff. That's but but no, but not enough of them. He looks like a contributing player to a good team. You know, not he's not a superstar. But like he was, I thought he played very very well. LeBron didn't have a great game last night. So no, and and you see that they don't have those guys. I mean, they have LeBron and AD, and they really are looking for. I mean, Danny Green is like a nice player, but like two of eleven. Yeah, well, because you can't rely on him to be if he's your sixth guy. Yeah. You know what I mean? And and then you can be fine with. Three two of eleven games and one game where he's like seven of nine with eighteen points. He has five or six threes and he makes a huge difference. But when he's your third guy, nine I think last night. That's yeah. And Anthony uh, Davis did not play well, right? He played. He played. He played. He played fine. He just was like there. He's limiting himself of uh, what he needs to be doing. Is he needs to catch the ball in the paint and go from there and bang and starting the offense out on the perimeter is kind of meh. Yeah. Especially if you're just going to hold it and then dribble. It allows the defense to sort of, it doesn't seem like a dude that's going to, everybody says that he needs to be in the paint and take over that way. Because those guys can't guard him. No, and. Like, well, but he's not, he's not, that's not well I think that that is, A, that is why that the Lakers will ultimately win this first round series, I believe, is that those two guys, LeBron and AD, they don't have an answer for those guys. And, and, oh, and what? Whiteside, Whiteside played a, a. I know you don't like him, and and he is somebody who he's kind of somebody who's already always been looked at as a guy with a ton of talent, but, but could not get the mental aspects right to unlock it and, and to be in the right scenario, maybe. And he's been you know criticized in the past for lack of focus and whatnot, you know. Which we who knows? He like I said, he has a lot of talent. He hasn't played up to it. But on a seven game series, he's not going to be able to slow down Anthony Davis that much, and. Even just ISO play in the fourth quarter of Davis and LeBron, that's going to get it done, in, in my opinion. That's going to get it done in this first round. But and, and they're going to get. I think they're going to get extremely lucky because I think they're going to get Houston in the second round, and I think that 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 play gets it done against Houston as well. But right. when they have to play the Clippers in the Western Conference Finals, that's not going to get it done at all. They're going to get. They're going to get, and and those guys are going to be tired and beaten up. And like you know, you know, based on pat, based on the past, there's no way that Anthony Davis is going to make it through an entire playoff run without missing at least one or two games. And you know, I, here's a question I kind of posed to you the other day, but that I said that I think Portland will, I think the Lakers will ultimately beat Portland. But if Anthony Davis misses a game, or LeBron misses a game, or they both miss a game, like is there a world? How much shooting? Is there a world where Portland could steal this series? I don't see it for one, maybe for two. The thing that they have going for them is the fact that they played meaningful ball games. They played a lot of them in a row. Get into the thing they had to win a bunch of games. And yes. LA had to probably have to play the meaningful ball games once. Basketball playoffs that go on for so long and it's so many games that will catch up to you. Yeah. But, you know, we saw that it gave them a boost in game one because they were already playing playoff level basketball and they were already prepared. When we say playoff basketball, it's like the it real thing is. And it just means every possession, there's much more importance on it. They're focusing harder. They're trying harder to stop. Like, it's it's just a more intense game. No, I mean, I was impressed. I mean, in essence, they were down by six with six minutes left. They ended up winning by seven. So they closed up the game on, like, another 19 something like that. It'll be an interesting series. I just don't see them Portland. I agree. I I, uh, I think ultimately it would be, be like impressive. 4-2. It, it would be. I just don't. I, I don't I, 
I think it's going to be exciting regardless because I think all these games are going to kind of come down to the wire and, and on both teams they have amazing fourth quarter players and it's going to be fucking thrilling. I mean, it already yeah. that first game was awesome. And I'm looking forward to watching. All well, of I mean, like it's, it's, I have to think that White Side is going to fall back down to earth. I think he had five blocks. He had five blocks and they were half of them. I, at least half of them were against LeBron and, and AD, and that won't happen every game. He's He's got talent. He does got talent. But, yeah, no, I mean, you know, like you're playing Whiteside and Nurkic together, which I thought was pretty cool. Because Nurkic is well, I think, honestly, I think that's what they have to do because, you know, we were talking about, you know, a while back about amassing talent. It's like you got to get your five best guys on the court, right? Like we, we used to think in basketball that everybody had to slot specifically into a position and you had to have specific traits. Like your guy who was playing center position had to be a certain – about tall and like his mobility probably wouldn't be that great or or whatever or if you could find a guy with mobility and power who you could sit down low like a shack or whoever you're you're going to be there but but that's not the way the game is played anymore and that's not the way that the positions are looked at you're really just trying to get your five most talented guys on the court and then match them up with the other five guys on the court. We'll take the Lakers and, and the Blazers. Is that like, they don't have anyone to match up to AD and LeBron. Even if you, if you wanted to say some combination of Nurkic and Whiteside could even at least neutralize Anthony Davis, which honestly they can't for 40, whatever minutes. But even if they did, then you still, the person guarding LeBron is Carmelo Anthony or yeah. Gary or Gary Trent Jr. Like that's Gary not, you're not going to win that way. Yeah. I mean, not, not having a reason kind of hurts him. Uh, it's huge. And yeah. Rodney Hood, right? I'm not the biggest Rodney Hood fan. But like, no. I'm not either, but he's another long body to throw yeah. out there. Yeah, no, they're, I just don't see it. It didn't shock us that they won last night, but I just... I agree. All right, let's not t- talk too much about the Lakers. Yeah. But uh, let's get into the comparisons. So how are we going to do this? We're going to do East Conference we'll do East or West? I'm going to let you pick because I feel like West is more entertaining. <laughs> is West more entertaining? No, I don't know. Actually, no. I, but uh, I'm, I'm going to take the West. I'm going to take the West, and I'm going to have you take the East. How about that? All right. So you're going to take the West. All right. So we're going to. I'm going to give you uh, Cohen Brother movies and uh, three teams from the West. So let's go ahead and start with something very, very. Let's start with the Trailblazers. The Cohen Brother movie is like what Cohen Brothers movie. Well, I don't know if it's where you were thinking, but it it did come to me almost immediately, which is it's. They're raising Arizona <laughs> because, because they're not the best. Like raising Arizona is not the best Coen Brothers movie, in my opinion, from like a storytelling writer tech standpoint, technical standpoint, uh, filmic standpoint. It's just, it's not. But however, it's one of my favorites, maybe almost at certain times, my favorite Coen Brothers movie, because it's a wild ride. It's a blast from start to finish. It's so much fun. Yeah, it's got some plot holes. You know, it's it's preposterous in its concept. You know, it's uh, Nicolas like Cage and Holly Hunter. Winning the West. Also, it's preposterous that, like, a team with, like, Hassan Whiteside and, like, Carmelo Anthony and, like, all these guys that you wouldn't be putting if you were making your perfect championship team. You wouldn't be putting those guys on your team. But they are competitive, and it's a bl- they're a blast to watch. Much fun to watch. And I think Damian Lillard is probably the most exciting player in the NBA, at least for me, honestly. I just can't take my eyes off of him. I love it. And also, I love C.J. McCollum. And so, taking it further to Raising Arizona, Damian Lillard is a Nicolas Cage, and C.J. McCollum is the Holly Hunter. 
And then like the idiots like John Goodman and William Forsyth are like Nurkic and, and <laughs> Whiteside. <laughs> you just gave A plus on the top rope. That's very, very impressive. All right, cool. So East teams, and I'm going to have you compare them to Radiohead Records. Okay. A band that both you and I know and love. I don't know about you, but for me, one of my favorite bands of all time. I, I think you'd probably say the same. Wide, wide breadth wide breath of, of things to choose from. So we're going, what Radiohead record are Milwaukee Bucks? Milwaukee, I guess, being the number one team in the East, you'd think I would choose the number one Radiohead record. I'm not going to do that. because <laughs> I was hoping that your answer was going to be something like this. I'm not going to do that because I'm going to give them in rainbows. Here's the reason why. It seems when you first, when you first listen to it, you're like, wow, this is, this opens up with bangers, but it kind of dips in the middle. And Milwaukee, you would think they would open up with a banging performance and get the magic. They, they kind of didn't. Now, I saw Radiohead on the In Rainbows tour. Like, you wanted to, it's like, by the time it got to the end of the record, I was kind of, open. <laughs> I saw them on that tour too. I don't know. I, I would. I would argue with that. I wouldn't say, no, no. but I, but I see where you're going. No, so, so it opens with like a, how can I end up where I started? That song? Yes. And then what's the, what's the next song on that record? I well, was expecting a few years ago. Um, I haven't either, not having it right in front of me, but like Weird Fishes is like in the beginning. Nude. I think that record is like one of my favorite records, but I totally buy the Milwaukee Bucks now because Milwaukee is a team that they have the best record, you know, one loss record. And, they are a hot pick, but between you and me, like, and I guess everyone listening, they're not the best team in the East. No, no, no. They're, it's, and it's not the, it's not the best Radiohead record. What I did like, though, was the, like, the fact that you can pay, pay as you go, and that's kind of how I feel about Milwaukee. Sort of, yeah. like, I'm not going to be bent out of shape if they, if they don't win it, which I don't think they will. But they, it, they, they are a thing, and it happened, and like, uh, and I was there for it. And you could watch Giannis play forever. And be so thrilled and entertained. And yeah. I'm sure there's a couple of tracks on in Rainbows that you love. Yeah, there's a slow song towards the end. But it's funny. Uh, it's like, videotape? And, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that song's amazing. Yeah, it's like, yeah. like I said at the end, you're like, and that's how I'm going to feel about the end of the, uh, the Milwaukee Bucks season. Like, that song. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, I remember like, this song is kind of hot. The, the record's yeah. almost over. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Rainbows for the Milwaukee right. Bucks. So, this is a team that I'm high on. But uh, did not play very well in game one. In fact, they kind of got smoked. And I didn't see this coming at all. I'm going to give you Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City is interesting because they're another team. I, I also like them. I'm also kind of high on them, you know, as far as the, their future goes. And I, and me, I like to watch them play. But yeah, they, and I thought, I thought they would, I think I even texted you before that game started to play the Rockets. Any chance uh, OKC can upset the Rockets? And I think within the first quarter or so of the game, that question was answered. Uh, I don't think they can. But they are a very entertaining team. A lot of young talent. They've, uh, got, team, they've, got, they've got players on their team that just, just not going to be able to see the court. Like, a team, has, doesn't look like he's be able to see the court. A team that's probably not quite there yet and also not thought of in like the highest regard. Hmm, that's interesting. Cohen Brothers News. There's a couple that come to mind. Part of me kind of want to mix it the Big Lebowski because the Big Lebowski wasn't super. It, it, it's a cult hit. It didn't do well at the box office. Not a lot of people saw it. Didn't get a ton of favorable reviews. But then it became Stoner's fucking hero movie and, and uh, it's a great movie um, and Oklahoma City may become a better team in the future I don't want to do that I want to make them 
intolerable cruelty. <laughs> and I want to do that because I think intolerable cruelty is a Coen Brothers movie that a lot of people just hearing that, even people who are Coen Brothers fans, just hearing the name intolerable cruelty, maybe A, they would, would have even forgotten about it, or B, would not think like super highly of it, because it's definitely not like in the pantheon of their films at all. But I would argue that the first like 30 minutes of Intolerable Cruelty is great. Super fun, super thrilling, hysterical, we weird mystery. It definitely falls off a cliff. But uh, that's why it's uh, the Oklahoma City Thunder because they have, there's some stuff in there. There's some scenes, some cool scenes and some good players. Shai Gilgis Alexander, Gilgis Alexander, uh, as we talked about him before, somebody super exciting to watch. And also like uh, just real quickly – we mentioned this on the phone the other day, but the amount of young talent in the NBA is so exciting. Yeah, and, and and having these young guys play in the playoffs is awesome because you know if you've watched the way the way that you get better is by successes and failures in the playoffs. And because when when this when this atmosphere is heightened and when the stakes are higher, and it can really bring young players up to the next level. And I think this being in the playoffs is going to be really good for him. And and for Luca and all these guys, it's so exciting. I mean, we've seen over the past couple of years, Jason Tatum becoming like the guy in that like in this playoffs, we're fully expecting him to hit a couple of game winners and win some games, right? Like Jason Tatum, we're expecting him to do that. He's the air okay. Okay, so... I, I like that. Um, I've actually seen a job of but like three or four times now. It definitely does grow on you. It's one of those things, if you see, if you look at the theme, it's like, oh, this is a guy, Billy Bob Thornton, George Clooney, I'm kind of into this. Apazina Jones is like the, the female lead. I've kind of, and you, it makes you want to watch it. I'm like, it, it's like, it's not a great hang, but it's a, it's a decent hang. Cedric the Entertainer is that? Yeah, yeah. And he's very good. Yeah, no, it's like, a, a, great like hang. a private eye. That scene is very funny. There's some very surprising things in there. George Clooney's assistant is very no, it's not a great hang. It's a decent hang. So, Oklahoma City, intolerable cruelty. <laughs> nice. All right, so I'm going to give you one Radiohead Records, but I'm going to give you teams in the, the East. Teams, I here's a team I'm really high on that I think is going to be a very good team for the next few years. I'm very excited to watch them, which is the Miami Heat. They are playing the Indiana Pacers in the first round, which they beat them in the first game. But I think that series is going to be good and competitive. I mean, it depends on how healthy Victor Oladipo is, how much he plays, I think. Um, but that Indiana team is good. But they don't uh, – are they missing Sabonis? They are missing Sabonis. Yeah, that's a huge blow to them. That's massive. Yeah. Yeah, because they high low and pick and roll you with that. But Miami, Miami Heat. I, I'm actually high on the Heat, too. So I'm going to give you probably my – Favorite Radiohead record, which I think is today. As far as like top to bottom, as far as like a record goes, it's like I'm gonna give it ahead of its time. And I think Miami is they're probably like three years away from being like holy shit with all these players on these rookie deals. Just think about what they have so far. We got Adebayo, we got Duncan Robinson, we got Tyler Hero, who looks like those two dudes look like they can actually just play. Yeah. They got like they got older talent with like um, Dragic and they have Jimmy Dragic Butler. Still, you know, got enough to give. I mean, I think Bam Adebayo, I've said this a couple of times. Yeah. I, well, I think I said this a couple of times before about like players that that we know are good, but we don't realize how good they are. And, and part of the reason is because like their games aren't as nationally televised and, and the news stories isn't, isn't much about them. But one of those guys is Bam Adebayo. 
I think I think Bam Adebayo is going to be a top ten player in the league within a couple of years. From the center position, he is he can hit a twenty foot jumper. He can make a no look pass. He can get rebound. I mean, he's he's if this if he were a baseball player, we would call him a five tool talent because he can do pretty much everything really really well. And I think his ceiling is incredibly high. Yeah, no, I mean, like it's, it's there, it is like listening to that record the first time. I was like, wow, this is pretty good. Just like watching him the first time. Maybe just watching the other day, I was like, wow, this is really good. And he listened to it where you like, wow, this is like, this might be an all-timer. And when you keep listening, like, wow, this might be one of the best things I've heard in the past, like, whatever. And I think they've got potential to be one of the better teams in the East. They're also led by probably the third or fourth best coach in the league. Yeah, which is crazy to say. Which is crazy to say because, like, there yeah, was a bunch of honest were like, this is probably the weakest part of their... My, I, myself included, I thought that guy was kind of a joke when he first came in the league. He, he, but clearly, I would, I didn't know what I was talking about. It's, it's, it's an album that's consistently good. I find a new thing to like about it every time I listen. I actually own it on vinyl, which says something. So do I. It's one of my favorite albums of any genre of all time. And I, I have the same kind of relationship to it. Whereas I, when it came out, I was in high school. And I wasn't ready for that kind of atmospheric, cerebral type stuff. And I wanted... I was mostly listening to hip hop and rap at the time, but but I I I liked OK Computer and some of the songs off that, and even before that, I liked some of the songs off the Benz and Pablo Honey and like their rocker stuff. And I was like, I want that, I want that stuff. But then you know, a few years later, and more pot smoking in my in my system opened my my mind a bit. And yeah, I think Kid A is one of the most incredible records ever. The yeah, nuance it's, in it. And, it's I, funny, I mean, it's my drug of choice when that was happening is that. He was more of like a song, yeah, more of an ecstasy song. <laughs> yeah, it, it definitely is. But just like a, you know, just a an atmospheric vibe. Yeah, no, it's it's great. Yeah. Right, so for the last one, so the last Western Conference team that I want you to compare to a Coen Brothers movie, I'm going to go with with uh, with a team that actually won this week and they played very well against our second choice. I'm gonna go with the Houston Rockets. Houston Rockets. That's a uh, that's a good team. That's an interesting team because they're they're a team also that I I don't think they their record is very good. They have very highly skilled players. I don't think they're that great of a altogether team. And I think their their good players are are you know James Harden specifically. I think he's one of the best scorers we've ever seen in the history of the game. What the guy can do with the ball is incredible. Is he ever going to win a championship playing the way that he plays? I don't know. He just—I think he dominates the ball too much. I think he kind of commits a lot of turnovers in, in winning time. And and uh, okay, so so I think that there there's somebody. There are a lot of flat like him and Westbrook together too. There, Russell Westbrook. You know, he's not playing. He'll be back in a couple of days. I think he's supposed to still. I think he's supposed to still play in the series. But they're all about flash and the entertainment value. The entertainment level is. Way, way up there, but maybe not like the most sound fundamentally team. So, like, kind of, you know, kind of similar to like the Raising Arizona comp, but uh, I, I'm going to give them Burn After Reading <laughs> because that's a movie that I thoroughly enjoy watching it. Like, I, I could leave this conversation and watch that movie right now and, and enjoy myself and, and, be, and, and have it on. It's real short, it's a quick ride, it's wild. It's it's very very funny, very pleasurable to watch. It's not their best movie by any stretch of the imagination. There's not a ton of depth there, 
Um, and the same thing with the Rockets is like two guys that I that I love to watch play that anybody who loves basketball would love to watch play individually, Russell Westbrook and James Harden. With the rest of their team and, and the style of play that their coach Mike D'Antoni employs, which is like very high high paced, offensive minded, shoot the ball within the first seven seconds of the shot clock or whatever, and play no defense whatsoever. I mean, they start guys that are they don't have anyone on their team that, that's taller than like six eight, <laughs> which, which is kind of a weird way. You know, we were talking about how the game is going positionless, but that is a bit extreme. Uh, you usually need somebody to rebound the basketball. Um, but hey, it, but turn after reading, I think is good. I think it's very fun and, and very good. But up until a point, especially when when placing it in like the Cohen Brothers catalog, it's not it's not up at the very top. And the Rockets. Well, they're a high seed, and, and you know, like I said, they have very great players. I wouldn't put them in the top two or three or even four teams. So, yeah, Rockets are uh, burn after reading. <laughs> That's a good movie. That Brad Pitt is fun is very funny. Uh, Francis McDormand is unbelievable. Yeah, burn after reading. Was. They shot it in my old neighborhood. They shot it or- in Brooklyn uh, Heights. Both Yeah, that's funny. That's interesting. I never yeah, realized. How, yeah, they both look very small brownstone. Very rich people. Okay, go ahead and give you my last team to do Radiohead records to. Last team in the East I want to talk about is going to be Toronto. Toronto Raptors, because this is a team, it's funny, I, I'm i going to phrase this question to you again. You can answer it now or we can answer it whenever. That I asked George, a couple of weeks ago when the NBA bubble kind of started and, and we saw how the play was going down, which we were kind of talking about earlier about like uh, how it's kind of freewheeling and run and gun and like these guys have the confidence to like shoot wild shots and, and it's just, it's kind of very exciting. I was asking you if a surprise team could come away and steal a chip and your response then was you thought Toronto was looking really tough. And Toronto is another one of those teams that we don't watch as much. They don't get as many televised games, especially without Kawhi Leonard. They don't have a big name. But they did win the championship last year. Of course, they won it with Kawhi. But they're a really good team. And if they won the championship, or if let's, – let's not even say that. Let's say if they made it out of the East, I don't think anyone should be the least bit surprised. No, in fact, it's still my pick. What they did was they, they took Kawhi's input and they spread it out over five or six guys. With uh, Siakam going from probably averaging 15 points to like 20 something points. Yeah. So his, his leap has been tremendous. And Fred Van Vliet, who might be one of my favorite players in the NBA because he's an undrafted guy from Wichita State, from a mid major, who is shooting the lights out. Talk about confidence. That Dude, guy he, has it he, in spades. He's got ice in his face. It's like he's not messing around. And they've got a lot of, a lot of things going for them. They've got, like, uh, they got great like, older players. They're great younger guys. I mean, like, Kyle Lowry is not my favorite player in the, in the league, but uh, he did say something interesting about Trump, uh, which I, which I'm always there for. You're gonna say you talk shit about the president. I yeah, I think we both uh, completely yeah, agree like, that you talk shit about, about Donald Trump, and I kind of but like Lowry. Lowry does a little bit too much. He does the flopping is kind of against the like, He flopped in an All Star game. I know. Well, they they <laughs> like, but but you know what's so funny is that. I was listening, watching the game and listening to them. They praise him for like taking charges and stuff. And like, I'm like, yeah, he does do that. 
and he is really good at that. But oh my god, he does flop like crazy. Yeah, I mean, but you know, they all do. Yeah, LeBron is he, a huge flopper. I tell you one thing, I thoroughly enjoyed the other day was like uh, during the player introductions, his sons. There was a video of his sons introducing him. Like, and anybody watching that had been like, oh, and they show him. They show Lowry. He's like, ah, oh. <laughs> like he hadn't seen it. So anyway, uh, getting back to focus is like it's not my favorite Radiohead record, but it's a record and it's a dump off point. And if you were to have like aliens come from outer space, give us the bands that people listen to or like, and there's like you need for them to sort of have like a position. And it's probably one of the best records that come out in the past three years. And from the back, it is solid. Even the, the, the middle spoken word part, I actually thoroughly enjoy it. Uh, it's, and that's okay. Computer. Toronto Raptors are the okay of uh, Radiohead albums. It's solid. Hard to beat. It's really just all about like what you're into. Like from how it opens, and think about the song towards the end. That's like electioneering at the end and climbing up the walls. Those are songs that are that, that have aged nicely. There's they're one of those bands that you know, as we were kind of saying, like for me personally, they like I could pick a different album depending on the day of the week that is my favorite or what I feel the best. Like ultimately, I agree with you that I think Kid A is is honestly my personal favorite um, I like that before. but but okay computer if you said if you can't if you like really believed it and were passionate and were like okay computer is the best radiohead album ever i would not pick a fight with you i would not, i would not argue because it's a great it's a it's a it's a perfect album it's perfect i wouldn't change a thing about it i think it's beautiful a representation of like who they were at that time, who they still are, what they were doing musically, culmination of their first two records and where they were going. I mean, it's a great record. Masterpiece. Yeah, that was good. I think we did it. We did it. Toronto Raptors. The OK computer. computer. Yeah, and if they win a championship, nobody should be surprised. Full disclosure, I don't think that they will this year. But I, no, no, I didn't think that they would last year, and they did. So, <laughs> the TV show, and that would be a great TV show to see the Raptors versus the Clippers. Yeah, well, I think regardless, I mean, you know, it's only been two days. Thank God we actually scheduled the taping of this podcast during the most boring game of the day. It's the early game. It's Toronto versus the Nets. <laughs> That's the early game. Yeah, it's happening right now. Thank God, because I actually <laughs> have NBA TV, and I was like, please don't. Yeah, I don't want to watch that game. I, not that I we don't love watching the, the Raptors. And, and, you know, I have some some buddies who are Brooklyn Nets fans, which is cool. I, I like that team, but they it's not really a fun match. It's not going to be a close matchup. It's not going to be great to watch. But, uh, yeah, playoff basketball. I, we're gonna, I'm sure we're going to talk about it in the coming weeks. Playoff basketball is hockey. One of the only fun things to talk about. <laughs> yeah, playoff hockey, too. I haven't gotten so much into it yet. but The, uh, the thing that I like the most, we can go on this segue into the final segment. One of the things I like about playoff hockey is kind of anybody's game. I think the handshake line is fucking... I think that's cool shit. It is cool. I mean, they still... So, they don't really do that in basketball anymore, right? The, the, the game ends and they all line up on one side of the ice and they all skate by and shake hands. And They used to do it in basketball very famously. If you watch The Last Dance, they talked about the you know, the Pistons walking off and, and, and whatnot. And I love how Bill Beer tried to equate that to like what the Celtics did or Lakers did to them or whatever. And it's like not like that at all. Bill Beer's piece of shit. Anyway, yeah, I love the hockey high five line. Cool. Very cool. We're 
we're going to round this thing out. What are you looking forward to this weekend? First, very quick, I'm looking at more Lovecraft Country. I really think the, the thing I want to say about it, and I'll, I'll move on quickly, but the thing I want to say about it is it really reminded me of what I love about horror or any like hard genre of you know sci-fi or, or whatever, any, any specifically defined genre and using that to, to tell a story because it you can use that to tell a larger story and you know to, to use it as an allegory and to, to talk about like bigger things and, and um, what's scarier the very real reality of racism in America or crazy make-believe monsters what's what's scarier you know and and that's 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 all I really want to say about that uh, because like I said I think there's so much to unpack but Let's let it kind of like develop before we start to go into it. But what I, I was thinking about, you know, again, you said looking forward to it's it's a weird time right now, but I'm looking forward to whenever this is traveling again, traveling. And I wanted to give a quick travel plug and say that it's like one of the best things you can do. I, I This is, you know, my own opinion. I certainly, some people don't like to travel and that's fine. I think it's one of the best things you can do in life, period, from like every standpoint. And learning and experiencing different cultures and, and all sorts of stuff. And I think it's something that we we think about in a way that like we all know that and we all, or not all of us, but a, a lot of us, uh, especially those of us in New York City who like have the means to do it, but we might have a job that's keeping us here or, or something where we're like, well, I can't get away for this amount of time and blah, blah, blah. Well, I, I would want to say that when this all COVID stuff is over and it is like safe and you're comfortable with traveling, I mean, me personally, honestly, I'm not planning on going anywhere anytime soon. But when I am, you remember that there is nothing actually stopping you from doing it. It's just our own. I mean, yes, you need money and you need all these things, but usually time or, or because you have some responsibility or whatever, like you can always find a way out of that. So let's all remember when this is all over to enjoy traveling. Let's travel. Yay. Travel. Ooh, looking forward to doing it again in, you know, 10 fucking years or however long we're in our fucking houses uh, in this hole. Cool. Yay, America. And when we're actually, like, legally allowed to go anywhere, which we're not right now. George, what are you looking forward to? I'm looking forward to buying some records. I'm buying records this past few weeks. I've got some in the mail. And I'm looking forward to reading this book. I've been reading, I just started reading uh, the new uh, Chris France book, The Beginnings of the Talking Heads. Great bands of all time. So I just got at a point in the book where he meets Tina Weymouth, who's the basic with Foggy Heads, and who is, uh, eventually became his wife. So it's, a, it's an interesting little book because it gives a timeline about his life, his life at RISD, where they all met, is where he met his wife, where they, where they met David Byrne, and then eventually when they moved to New York and become the Foggy Heads, and then when they have the Tom Tom Club, which is actually very underrated, and then like, and now in his life. So it's been sampled by everybody. I love, yeah, I love Top Hunk Club and, and also just Talking Heads in general. I don't know all the specifics right off the top of my head, but I know, like, they're a band that the personal relationships in the band really kind of sour. They still are, they don't talk. I don't think they're cool. I don't think it's like, yeah, it's weird because, like, I've seen David Byrne in concert like three times. It's because he's, like, the guy, you know, like, you don't even think he's like, oh, wait a second, this band has three other members. Yeah, when he's become like such his own thing, like he's, he's an, thing, yeah. an an artist in in like a lot of different ways. He's doing a lot of different things, and he's I David Byrne's great, but but yeah, you're you're right that those other members kind of get it lost. I think it's gonna suck. So I'm gonna get to that point in the book. The person who I've idolized the whole time is really gonna be a fucking dick. I hope not. <laughs> I really hope not because yeah, I I also oh, love man. him. Like David Byrne's really an asshole. 
I hope I hope that that's not true. But but again, you know, we we shouldn't be surprised by anything these days, especially of men with power abusing their power, especially yeah. white white men with power. <laughs> so yeah, remain in light. I just started the other day. It's highly entertaining. So remain in light. That sounds cool. I yeah, I gotta add that to my uh, my light pile. I have, I I kind of have a a couple of different piles of books going. I got my light pile and my heavy pile. Yeah, I'm in the week. Book that I got like, like a few months ago, a book about the Wild Bunch, a movie that I love. Oh, sick! Yeah, yeah, th- those will be fun reads, though. Yeah, I hope so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of the stuff I I have coming, I, I don't think it's going to be fun, but <laughs> but uh, necessary all the all the less. Well, uh, yeah, and we're not going to have twenty five hour episode this week, so we're getting there, people. <laughs> George, any uh, last words? I am definitely good. I think it's we got a crappy weather day in New York, so it's a good day to have basketball in the background and throw on some music and smoke a little bit of gorilla glue. Yeah, you got to pace yourself. <laughs> I'd also recommend edibles, George. Yeah, the I way that it can... what's the weed I could do that could still go out? Yeah, well, exactly, exactly, and still also like function and get stuff done. Uh, like, yeah. Cool. Well, uh, I'm gonna go probably smoke weed right now <laughs> and, and edit this episode. All right, guys. Well, uh, I hope everyone stays safe and healthy. And yeah, I did this sign up last week. Wear your mask over your fucking nose. There's no purpose on your chin. <laughs> <laughs> We're out. Here.